right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 311. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy lists on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Saw. At Mr. Jake Peters. Nah, I did it backwards. All right. Uh, Jake is Jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show. You know, real quick, before we get into this, I almost have the shit memorized, but I do read it. So when I try to go off the beaten path, I get it all fucked up. As always, you can write the show at pssisawesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friend. Be sure to leave comments, rate, podcast as you see fit. As a reminder, we're a video podcast as well. You can watch the show over on our YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe to that. If uh, you are new to the show or you're a long-time listener, we have a Patreon. You can support the show at a $1 level. The Patreon tier is called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash awesome, and you can become a $1 a month patron and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker for the show uh, sent to you in the mail, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. I'm tired for some reason. I'm not really mm. sure why. I, I mean, I guess I, I didn't sleep great last night, but I don't know. I've just been running all day. I mean, basically up until we did the podcast, I was got up, then had to work on Sarah's car cause it w- wouldn't start and mm. then had practice. And then I came home and immediately started doing insulation work on my house. Mm. And then we started the podcast. So I've just been kind of running a lot and um, my knees hurt. Yeah. I'm getting old. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's weird how the, you would think like the older you get and the, like, Oh, you're not in school anymore. You have all this fucking free time, dude. It gets worse. Like there's like zero time most of the time. Right. It's just like, you're just yeah. grasping to make time to do the things you still love. So, um, man, I just, think that that's crazy yeah i hate running like that especially on the weekends in fact i have tomorrow off because of the the mlk um holiday and uh i'm excited about this but it's it's crazy because i started thinking today and by no means am i a lazy person and and nor are you jake so you know fuck it if i have to work five days a week until i retire that's fine but i would rather cram more hours in monday through thursday and get every Friday off or Thursday, Friday and get Monday and get a three day weekend because because of this during the week, it's super tough to like find energy after a long day of work to do things that you love to do. Right. So like by like Friday, you've worked a full week. You ju- you're just fucking tired. So with me, usually I'm playing a concert or maybe I'm doing, I don't know, trying to do something fun. But I usually don't have the energy to stay up past like 10 o'clock. You know, and then Saturday comes around and then you just have this laundry list of shit you need to get done. You didn't get to do during the week because you were so tired from working. At least that's how my life is. So then you're just running the rat race, trying to get all the shit done. And then if you're me again, Saturday nights, maybe you're playing a concert. I've been playing a lot of concerts lately, but this has normally been my weekends. And then Sunday, you know, don't forget you got dishes and laundry and house cleaning and all this other stuff thrown in. And dude, like by the time, I don't know. Just just by the time that like Sunday 
night rolls around, you're just like, I didn't have a moment to do like half of the shit I wanted to do. You know, it's just it's just, it's just repeat and recycle. I think a four day work week would be awesome. I wonder what countries implement that. And it's not it's not because I don't like to work. It's it's like I'll work all the fucking hours you need me to work. But like I also want to have some energy for my personal life. You know what I mean? And it's it's a it's a tough balance to find sometimes. Well, they do say that you really should have like a 3-day weekend is optimal because it's like one day for personal affairs, one day for family, one day for rest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean I know that's that's very probably antiquated at this point. But I do think that the way that our society works now, it's just you just get wrung dry yeah. kind of. And there are a lot of places that are starting to go to four-day work weeks, um, like literally 32-hour work weeks, not 40-hour work weeks, but paying the same amount. Wow. Like there are some big businesses that are doing that. Uh, because I think that there there's some studies showing that they're actually getting almost the same amount of productivity out of their employees as they did whenever they worked five day weeks because there's less like drag slacking off and dragging and stuff like that but even like kind of going along with what you said i i have no problem doing like four tens like i would do that Every single every single week. If you could if I could work like weekend, you know three days off. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'd work seven to five or whatever the fuck it is 100%. every day or or eight to six or whatever it is, if I could have Friday off or Monday off or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh we have a customer that I've was working with recently who like that's that's their plant, that's their schedule. They work uh I think their first shift is like six thirty to four thirty. They work Monday through Friday, and then the whole plan is closed three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, how fucking awesome would it be? Every weekend, three-day weekend. just have that time back. You know, I, I – and unfortunately, my boss is – he would never – he would never right, do right. that. He, he's, one of these, he's one of these guys that thinks that like, you know, it's, it's – you – you've got to work the nine to five and people can't accomplish anything at home and like all this other shit, Sure. which there is a degree that I do from a personal perspective. I agree with him. Like I couldn't work from home every single day. I wouldn't, I would eventually have problems with it, but you know, I could probably work from home one day a week or two days a week and be totally fine. Right. But the problem is just like, you know, when you have, a job where you all of your customers work five days a week it's kind of hard as a supplier to justify yeah. that day off because a lot of times your customers need you on that fifth day or whatever so right. it's just fucking annoying but well, it's just so it's interruptive days, right like like it's it's just like like you have to drive I mean, I have to drive too, but it's a six-minute drive one way and one way back at six minutes. So it's like 12 minutes of driving out of my life. But, like, you got to throw a lunch in there where you're not getting paid. And you're just like, okay, I'm just going to fucking sit here for a half hour. You know what I mean? Or maybe I'll eat something. But, like, it's like you got me by the balls. Like, just pay me for my time there 
I don't need the breaks. I don't want the lunch. Just, just fucking like pay me, get me in and get me out. Like, you know, like I don't mind doing the job, but like it just turns into an, a, just a time eater, you know? And it's nice to have a full day of uninterrupted bullshit. And like, I don't know. I think it'd be awesome to have a three day weekend every weekend. Cause I'm, I'm noticing now, like I'm thinking like, my God, if I had to go to work tomorrow, fuck. Like, I'm just like, I've not rested yet. You know what I mean? I've been doing so much shit all weekend. And I'm just not ready. And thank God I don't have to, but only because of a holiday. And Jake, you do. I'm sure you have to go, you know? I get all those sweet banker mm-hmm. holidays and shit. Um, but I don't know, dude. It's um, it's interesting to think about. Um, I wanted to do... Are you having connection issues or not? Because sometimes it looks like it's a little, like, grainy. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I mean, all right. It just looks a little. I heard rainy. a little bit of it. I I heard a little bit of a hiccup when we first started, yeah. but I haven't noticed anything recently. All right. So I have a little show and tell real quick before we get started. And I know I've talked about this a while ago, but we're like re uh, kind of like resetting up our guest bedroom, and I had this tucked away in one of my dressers, and I wanted to show it to the audience because it's really really fucking cool, and this is PlayStation related. So check this shit out. That there is a PS1, baby. In the box. It still has the Sony seal right there. Completely unopened. Brand new. Now, this is... I don't know which one this one is. Is this the thing? That's the newest. That's the newest one. This is the newer PS1. That's the refresh. Yeah. Because the original original wasn't called the PS1. It was just called the PlayStation. But to be clear, it isn't like a... Uh, it's not like an emulator or something. This this is actually real deal Sony PlayStation yeah. when it came out. That's that's the little one that came out after the PS2 came out. I never so owned they had one. To differentiate of it. That's crazy. I never owned one. We won. We won this. Our band played the Warp Tour, and Ernie Ball was like giving away like free stuff to like bands who like did really well, or fans reacted well to them or whatever. And uh, we got this because there were four of us in the group. It never got open because we couldn't. We couldn't like. Uh, correctly split it in four so just none of us took it so this is now it's just in my possession and uh dude the games on the back i'm looking like it says uh that they have uh let me see three seven games um crash bash spyro year of the dragon the legend of dragoon grind session nfl game day 2001 NHL Faceoff 2001, and NBA Shootout 2001. And, of course, on the bottom, um, they've got all the different peripherals you can buy. Like there's like a controller, a memory card, the multi-lap, which I don't even know what that is, um, the mouse, AV cables. Does this shit come with it? No. I doubt it. Maybe the maybe – the, No. No, no accessories sold sold differently or separately. Now, for anyone who's curious, this box does have a little bit of damage right here, and you know it's like fucking twenty some years old, but it's in pretty good fucking shape, surprisingly. So I am uh, actively taking bidders on this. <laughs> you guys fucking want to buy an unopened PS One? Um. The price will have to be right, though. But you can write the show. I might might accept. You never know. But uh, good luck finding one of those anywhere. It still has like forty dollars. No, it's got to be more than that. No, in the box, dollars on eBay. 
How much? Yeah. Well, this is this is uh, new with the box and all the shit. I mean, because that mm-hmm. one's sealed, it might be worth a little bit. more. Never been used, but but that's the because that's the slim version. Yeah. It's probably not worth as much. Mm. I have no use for it. I mean, like it is kind of cool to have it, but like I don't know. But anyways, <clears throat> I thought that would be a cool show and tell thing because I have talked about it on the podcast, but. This is uh, the proof of life situation. You know what I mean? I have, to sh- have to prove prove that I own it. Oh, here you go. Yeah. New factory sealed PS1 console system, $649. This one? I, it, the box is different, but mm. it's a PS1, so I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's a different region or something. Not PlayStation 1, but PS1. Gotcha. Y- yeah, which is what you have. Yeah. I've got the SKU number on it. And it even has a serial number on it. It's cool. The way they made this box, you can see this cutout right oh, here. Oh, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. This is exactly the one that you got. Yeah. There's one listed for $750. Fuck yeah. <laughs> There's one listed for $1,000. <laughs> yes. There's one listed for $10,000, which no one will ever fucking pay that. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that's it about. It does have a – so this little window on the box, which is interesting, it has a little window, and it has a date next to the serial number. And it says September of 2000. So this this is like 24 years old. Almost a quarter of a century old, which is awesome. Um, but it's in good care. So I, I gladly take 600 bucks for it if anyone wants to pay me for it. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a few of these listed on here for 1000 bucks. I don't know if people are actually buying them. Yeah, man. But- there's probably all these other bands that somehow found <laughs> Ah, there's got to be at least one of them that were in my situation. It was like the band couldn't agree who would get the PlayStation, so it just fucking stayed in the box. Dude, to be fair, we we were so ten thousand dollars. What's that? Ten? Yeah, ten ten thousand dollars. Maybe in another twenty five years, I don't know. But like, good luck finding a TV that can even use it. I mean, you got to use those AV cables and shit. So I don't, I don't know. Most TVs are HDMI now. I don't even know. How, how how it would even look on an HDTV with an AV cable? I don't even know how that would work, but that was it. Yeah, dude, I just I dude, I just fucking hang on to it for a while. Would you? Cause, yeah, because I mean, there's another one listed for nine thousand eight hundred ninety nine dollars. I would love to know who the fuck thinks these are worth that much money. Yeah, that's a ton of money. It is awesome though to think that I that in this box there's a completely brand new unused certified PlayStation One controller and system. That's kind. If of, it was actually worth ten, if it was actually worth ten thousand dollars, I'd break into your basement and steal it from you. No, <laughs> no, it's unacceptable. <laughs> I'll hide it. I'll go put it in a fucking offshore bank or something. I'll give it to the Swiss bank. The much m- many more of these are are. Uh, like between five and a around thousand. around like the five hundred to a thousand dollar range. So I I could believe it it worth being worth a thousand bucks, maybe even like two grand if it was like mint. Yeah, you the know? box isn't mint, but it it's definitely intact. It's not like coming apart or anything. There's just a little gash on the bottom of it, which says a lot about Sony packaging, to be honest. I mean, the fact that this is you know, I mean, I don't do anything with it. Like it gets moved every once in a while to a new location, but it's uh it's a real deal. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. So for anybody, uh, yeah. There you go. Just just showed you something cool on PS. This is awesome. PlayStation podcast. Jake, we are a PlayStation podcast. So that was a nice little icebreaker that I thought I would introduce to the show. Um, But 
Now we're going to talk about games that we're playing. Every episode, we talk about PlayStation games that we're playing. We talk about where we're at, what we're doing, what we think about them. Typically, uh, it's the same game for a while, and then we'll start playing a new one. But So in my case, it is. Uh, you guys know I hurt my neck last week. My neck is back and feeling better. So I did jump back into Resident Evil 4 in VR 2. I am on chapter 12 now, I believe, of 16 chapters. And my, my plan is to literally play two chapters tonight before I go to bed and then two chapters in the morning tomorrow and just be done with it. I will say I did the fight that you asked me about, like the hand-to-hand combat with that commando guy. Oh, yeah. That was fine. I, I beat him. I, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's still alive, so spoiler alert for this really old game. He's still alive. I don't know if I have to fight him again later, but he's alive. It was cool because when he would do a jump over my head, I could literally grab the knife and put it up like this, and it would cut him. It was really hmm. slick. Um and uh, the pairing was really fun. So, and I also did like this. Uh, you guys know that I'm a I'm a big fan of the Dark Pictures anthology, which will probably be my next game. But they had that uh, Switchback Mountain, which is like a roll, dark dark coaster where it's supposed to be scary. Resident Evil Four VR has a minecart section where you're sitting in a minecart, and I don't know if this is in the original game or not, but it was fucking awesome. And, uh, mm. dude, so good. So good in VR. Um, super, super fun. So I've I've pushed along on that a little bit more. And then I did hop back into the finals briefly. And I got this really weird drop. Every every time you play the play the finals, they, they give you some experience points and some other things. What I didn't realize is, is that they, you're up for a runner for, like, drops. I don't know if you ever got any drops. But I got this rare drop. They have two different kinds of currency in the game. One is experience-based, and the other one you actually have to purchase with money, and that's for like all of the uh, all of the skins and all the other stuff because it is a free-to-play game. Um, none of that stuff makes you any better, but I got a, I got a 70, 75 – not $75, but a 75-whatever. I don't know what that is equivalent to in real money drop, which was like – it was like ultra – ultra – what's the word? Epic or something. And it popped up, and I was like, "Wow, I never thought I'd have those coins available to like buy like things." Now I don't know if everyone just gets one. They're trying to encourage you to like fucking use that system. It'd be a really nice way to like, because it's not enough yet to buy anything in that store. So it's like, ah, you know, here it's essentially like a coupon. It's just like, well, now you can spend like you know five dollars to get something instead of ten. You know what I mean? And it's like it seemed a little shady, but yeah, I'm not gonna buy anything. Um I wanna support the game though. It's a really good fucking game. The finals is really good. Back to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then lastly, uh Final Fantasy sixteen, I'm still trudging away in this. I um Jake, it's hard to talk any I, I'm not gonna spoil this game. It's hard to talk about this game and explain to you where I'm at. I'm like twenty four, twenty five hours in um, I'll just say I just got into this desert area. That probably will tell you where I'm at. Does that make mm-hmm. does that ring with you? You know where that is. So I, there was like a boss battle, and then like a new area opened up, and I'm in the desert. Yeah, I know uh, Dalmechia or whatever the fuck yeah, it's called. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. It's good. I get you. I'm still enjoying it. Um, now I have like four superpowers or icons maybe. I think I have four. 
think I have four. But do you have the you have the ice? I have I no? No, no. I have I have fire, wind, uh electric and earth. Uh-huh. Uh okay. I don't okay. have ice yet. I feel like I should though. Because I think I got ice powers. Like it, there was a cinematic where it seemed like I was able to get ice powers, but they're not available to me. Hmm. It was really weird. So maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe they were teasing something. It was like in a battle, like the ice person. I don't know. Was like finish him or something. She she's like finish him off, and I felt like I got like a power from her, but I can't use it in the game. But my companion friend has a power, so. If you know what that means. Mm. Code word Charlie has a power now. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, All right. Um, That's all I'm playing. Jake, how about you? Last we talked, you were playing Proteus. So I beat Proteus. Nice. Congrats. um, And I was going back through and kind of cleaning up some of the levels i was actually thinking about maybe platinuming this game i don't think it would be very difficult but it would be pretty time consuming okay because you have to what they call 100 percent, i believe every level which i think in order to 100 percent a level you have to beat it some fucking fire trucks I hear that it sounded like a cat in heat in my end what you know like a cat when they're in heat they make those weird noises I don't know that they sound like a fire truck well on my end like my mic was only picking up certain frequencies and it sounded like a cat making the noise (laughs) anyway so uh, so in order to like 100% a level It's not very clear in the trophy descriptions what they mean by certain things, but one of them is like 100% every level, and it's like you have to beat the whole level without dying, find all the secrets, and kill 100% of the enemies. And there's like, I don't know, fucking 20 levels. Mm. So it's... And I don't have this... I don't have this completed, I think, in any of them, but like two of them. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just it wouldn't be hard it wouldn't be hard to do because I could put it on super easy mode so I didn't die very easy and then you know the rest of it is just cleaning up mopping up enemies and secrets and stuff which is cool um and the game is really fun to play so I may just kind of chip away at it over time mm-hmm. but for now I'm kind of moving on just because uh just because I don't know I just I don't know that I have the gumption to to do this. Like, if it was something that would take maybe a couple of hours, I would do it. But I think this is going to be like a fucking ten hour campaign right. to one hundred percent all these levels. Right. So I just don't know if it's worth it for me just right now. Um, I also beat uh, Village in VR. Oh shit! So that was cool. The ending of that game is super weird. I don't even know if I remember um, it. But I, I think that there is like, there is. I don't even really necessarily want to mention kind of what it is because I don't want to spoil anything. 
But there is this section of the game that is kind of like uh, – well, there's two sections I was thinking of at the end that are really weird. There's this one like vehicle section. I don't know if you remember this. Where you're on, you're like driving this fucking tank thing. <laughs> remember that? Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually kind of cool. And then so fucking um, bizarre. I do remember that. But it's weird. It's weird. And then there's the section right after that mm-hmm. where you're. Uh, there must have been a wreck or something because there's just fucking fire trucks going by. Uh, but yeah, that are someone someone's burning their house down with a freaking space heater. Um, it's got to be one of the there's other. this other section right after that, right before the end, where you get like uh, you get like an assault rifle and shit, and you're just like mowing dudes down. Like that part is really cool in VR. Wait, do you come? Um, do, do you come back and do you play another character at the end of this game? Yeah. Okay, that's the part I'm thinking of, and it's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's cool because it, it, it's definitely like this power fantasy thing where you just like. The guns are super powerful, and you yeah. just have tons of ammo, and you're just like oh, mowing dudes down. Give me that. All it's the time. fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would be great. Like, it wouldn't serve the the game to have you be like that the whole time. But for that brief little section there, it's really neat. But I will say, dude, I it might. It, it's pretty fucking close to my favorite Resident Evil game. I'm not going to lie. It's so good. Villain. I love the atmosphere. I love how much it calls back. The gameplay calls back to Resident Evil 4. Yeah. I still think Resident Evil 4 is probably technically slightly dude, a better game. you have but, to play it in VR. But, dude, Village, I just – I love everything about the aesthetic. I love – all of the bad guys, I I love how everything is just – they all have their own little different shtick. Um, I actually love what you – what the story ends up being about because it, it ends up almost being about like the origin of Umbrella, which is – you know I, I didn't mean – that might be a spoiler for some people. But like it's pretty fucking cool and uh, – I don't know, man. Like I said, my my biggest beef about the game is probably is a little bit is just the the two middle bad guys, we'll say, mm. in the dollhouse lady and the fish guy. Like their sections are just kind of short. Yeah. But man, dude, that fucking factory section at the end is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Like everything about it, it's just so big and open and like I gotta the play this in VR, fight, dude. Dude, the enemies you fight are so fucking cool. They're like these weird machinations of man and machine. Like it's it's fucking awesome. Like I I think I know everyone kind of like raves about the the dollhouse section of the game. Yeah, about it being scary. But I honestly think my favorite part is probably the factory section, followed probably by the castle section just because i love the villains in that section mm-hmm. and i love just like the i don't know there's just so, like there, like there's something it's like it's got the resident evil one van- mansion vibe down like it's it's very classic feeling yeah um but yeah so i finished that i was really bummed so i was like oh man they have the shadow of rose dlc 
was like, maybe I'll jump into that because I'm really interested in that closure to the story. Yeah. But then I found out you can only play it in third person. You can't play it in VR. Oh, really? You can't play it in first person. So I was like, nah, I still want to play it because I want to see what the story is about. But like I wasn't like – like if it had been VR ready, I would have just jumped straight into that mm. just to kind of finish everything because off. The DL- because, dude, it- the DLC for 7 is VR compatible. That's interesting. So yeah, like the the the, the DLC for Village is the Rose expansion. Right. and I played it. And, and the like Horde mode version that, of the game that they have. And even the horde mode thing is not VR. Wow, that's interesting. Which is fucking stupid to me because I was like, man, that would be so the cool. best place to have VR. Because the funnest part about the VR is the combat. Mowing like, like I said it. last week, like I said last week, you feel like the man when you when you master like the reloading and all the weapons and stuff. Yeah. It would be so awesome to do the horde mode in VR. Yeah. But, like, I, for whatever reason, they don't support it. I mean, it's great that they have the main campaign. I love it. The whole thing's playable front to back. But I think they really missed out by not making the DLC VR have it with VR support. Yeah. Um. So I beat those. I was kind of hem-hawing about what I wanted to do next. So I was playing some Beat Saber just to, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of something to do. Sarah and I were playing that together yesterday. And, uh, dude, they're, like... I played um, one of the songs. I think it was like the Dragon Force song or something <laughs> like that. And I just like put it on like no failure mode and then uh, put it on expert mm-hmm. just for fun. I Like I, I honestly don't know how it's even possible somebody can play it. <laughs> like I literally don't feel like it's possible. It, Dude, you too, but I guarantee I, but I, someone does it. I'm sure I'm sure somebody can do it. But you would have to literally just be good at like flicking your wrists and stuff. Like you can't be waving your arms. They're throwing the shit at you so fast. Anyway, Beat Saber's fun. Yeah. But I uh, gotta try that the, the other thing, uh so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to play next because I finished uh Village up on I think Thursday. Mm. So I was just kind of playing Proteus and, and I beat that and then it's like, ah, what do I want to do? So I decided this would be a good time for me to download Death Stranding, the director's cut. Oh, shit. So I downloaded that because I played it. I borrowed it from my brother. I played it for a bit, a couple hours in, and then I just kind of went and played something else. I fell off on it, whatever. Something else came out. I don't remember. But that director's cut. That that they made for PS5 or whatever is on PS Plus Extra. Yeah, right. It is. So I just I just downloaded. I was like, I'm gonna try this back out. And man, that game is so fucking weird. <laughs> like I like I'm, dude. I'm not even. I'm maybe an hour into it, so I'm still like going through all the cinematic shit. But like, Sarah sat down for a couple minutes, like before we got we're getting ready for practice or whatever, and this morning. And and I was just trying to explain to her about like there's like these you know these like invisible 
things and then like you know the rain makes you grow old and then like somehow <laughs> for some reason you like strap yourself to a baby and it makes you strong i like yeah. i like i was like i don't fucking know what's going on here i don't it's been a long time and i only played the first couple hours i assume maybe they explained some of this shit yeah they do but like um that game is so fucking good dude that's what i hear it's unbelievable but I, how good it is and i don't know why so i but anyway, so I just started it. So I think I'm going to play that for a while until um, – assuming I don't get bored with it. I think if I can – if I can, uh, from what I understand is that if I can tough it out through the first couple hours uh, and to the point where you start getting like vehicles and shit like that, it makes the game a lot more pleasant Dude, to play. Dude, it's so fucking I, fun. Because I'll be honest with you. I – I really don't like the walking mechanic in this game. Yeah. It drives me crazy. I'm okay with the package delivery service thing, but I don't want to have to fucking keep my balance. That's annoying. Yeah. Like, I want to just walk. Like, if it was a walking simulator, I'd be totally fine with it. Just let me walk around, explore, look at this beautiful landscape, all this shit. But I don't want to be like, oh, with the fucking triggers and, oh, I fell down. All my packages flew all over the place. Now I got to go fucking pick them all up. Oh, this one's damaged. So, like, I'm not going to get paid for it. And, like, I don't know. Like, that part of it is just like, eh, I don't want to fuck with that. See, that that part, to me, got better the further I got into the game. I felt how you feel now when I started it. That they start giving you tools. They start giving you, like, trucks that you can load your fucking boxes in. And then they start giving you, like, these little, like, motorcycle things that you can put boxes on the back. And, like, yeah, you still will run into areas where you have to offload that shit and still navigate mountains on foot. But, like, at least you can get through the brunt of the transportation. But then they give you, like, these fucking, like... This isn't even a spoiler. They just give you the tools, like mountain climbing tools, right? You get these fucking things that help you go down the sides of mountains, but the rope can only be so long. And then you got to, like, make sure, like, we're it's fun, dude. And then, like, it gets really intense when a storm's coming. And <laughs> you're just like, fuck, man, I got I to gotta fucking get out of here. But then you're like, you're like, yeah. But then, but then there's, like, also, like, man, I don't want to, I'm, I'm concerned that you're not going to stick with it. But there, there are things that are going to make it easier for you. You just, you just got to shoulder down through the first. Dude, honestly, like the story alone makes me want to tough it out. Yeah, because I'm just really curious about like what the fuck is going on. Yeah, right. Like, like why? Like why <laughs> does so good? Like when somebody it. dies, why is there this big fucking crater that happens and like all this weird shit and like so? I, uh, I am definitely super curious about the game and I, I i'm gonna stick with it for a while and see see how i can uh how i can get through it yeah good because I, I I, i've heard i've heard what you're saying that you just got to get through the first couple hours and you start getting tools and all this shit that makes the that makes the fedex simulator part of it a little bit easier yeah um but uh, the game is just so unique and interesting that I just feel like I gotta, I gotta experience it. Plus, the trailer for the second game looked so fucking dope. Yeah, that like I, I just wanna, I wanna see it through. 
I, can't, I just hope yeah. I can last through the, oh. you know, I think the game's like 30 hours or something like that. So I, yeah. I just hope I can get through it. But yeah. I'm really excited to get back to it, if I'm being honest with you. It just, the, the atmosphere is so good, and the, the graphics are so good, <laughs> yeah. and the fucking, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Dude, it's so. But I will say, oh. la, my, my one last note, not on Death Stranding, but, uh, dude, PlayStation, they have to get their shit together with their fucking network. I I downloaded this game. Mm. It literally took me. I've got 300 meg down internet, which is not slow. Mm-hmm. And it took me fucking 12 or 15 hours to download this game. Wow, that's a long time. And dude, same internet connection. I had another game. I didn't talk about it on the show because I didn't play play it very much um, last week. There was a game on Steam that I wanted to try. They had a demo available for it. Mm-hmm. And it was like five gigs or something like that. It literally, I'm not fucking with you, on Steam took me six minutes to download. And it was five gigs. I was getting like a gig a minute download speeds in Steam. But on my PlayStation, it takes fucking like 15 hours to download a 40 50 gig game like that's and it's all the network man i mean i'm sure maybe like if maybe if i like and my playstation's hardwired too so i don't know you know what the deal is with that but it's it's frustrating anyway continue no i've got nothing i just back to resident evil vr i know i know that and then we'll get into the news. Um, we'll listen to feedback in the news. But you were like having trouble finding your VR legs at first, and now do you feel like you have them? Yeah. Now let me let me pose this to you. Imagine, imagine now, like a Doom VFR game with this control, like having the controls like this. Um. Dude, I was looking at I was looking at my my shelf of like all of the I don't I have very few physical games and movies and stuff. Yeah. But uh I have a shelf in my living room that has everything that I do have on it. And I when I was looking for something for Sarah and I to do, I was looking at it and I saw Doom VFR on there. And I was like, fuck, man, they should make a PSVR 2 port of this. Holy but they won't shit. because they're owned by Xbox now. Well, so they right. won't do that. And pa- but- part of the part of that mechanic was like warping through enemies, right? Like they utilized the deficiencies of the controller to turn it into a game mechanic, which was interesting. But like, dude, yeah. a proper a proper first-person shooter, because it is so fun to play those. I feel like I could do a fast-paced action game with – VR2 without much problem. Um, I feel like it would be a really good time. I think, I think probably, I think that there would be a little bit of a, sh- they would have to slow it down. Like, cause I don't think people realize how fucking fast Doom is. Well, yeah, Doom, Doom is like, like, yeah, the, the fastest. Compared to like other first person shooters like, like that like, i think you might struggle with but if you're talking about something like call of duty or halo or or fucking resistance could you imagine or something like, like a that, metro a resistance vr a metro with the fucking gas mask and wiping it manually. yeah that'd be cool as shit metro the fucking I, w- I was thinking on. about that the other day i was like man a metro vr game would be dope because it's horror? kind of survival yeah you'd have horror survival and a great fucking story 
I mean, it would it would probably play better too because the shooting controls like shit in that game, dude. If they made so, dude, if they fucking made Metro in VR, I'd lose my fucking that'd be awesome. mind. Yeah, yeah, because that game is spooky, and and it's but it's not like it's more thrillery. It's not like a like yeah, it's not jump horror. scare shit. Yeah, which is awesome. It's just kind of like we're gonna turn the lights out, and then you got and I dude, I they need. To, they have no incentive to do this. I get it. But, man, I wish Sony would just pony up, throw whatever fucking cash they need to at Valve to get Half-Life Alex. Because... Mm. It would sell units. I... Yeah. It's so... Like, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything. Like, I haven't played it, obviously, because I don't have a PC VR. But people have said that, like, it's literally the, the most AAA <laughs> VR experience. Well, From a first-person perspective. Yeah, dude, so. I don't know, though. Compared to Resident Evil, like, fuck, man. Like, I mean, I haven't played Alex either, but I mean, yeah, I don't know shit. Like, Resident Evil is the only other game that is full-on AAA that I can think of in VR. And it's f- yeah. fucking nuts. It's, it's like, this is what we could have. We could have these nice things if people, I don't know, man, just a little more support. Like, goddamn, it's good. It's so fucking good. Resident Evil 4 VR is so, so fucking unbelievably good. Like, yeah, Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil Village. I mean, I would say even, even 7. Oh, 7 was fantastic. 4 is so much better in VR now. Yeah, I was, I was kind of meh on the VR for 7. I only played it for a little bit, but Village was fucking dope. So, um, dude. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's, that's, uh, you know that's that's the something goal. that Sony needs to look at a little bit more. They need more games like that. I was actually I was on the fence. I was thinking about buying Synapse, mm. and then I was like, okay, well, I've heard a lot about like this Arizona Sunshine Two came yeah. out. And I was like, oh, I'll look at that. But then I saw like Saints and Sinners, and I was like, oh, because they're both kind of yeah, zombie right. shooter games. And then I'm like trying to look up these comparisons because there's no demos for these games. Mm. And they're like 50, 60 bucks. So I was like, I don't buy a lot of games, especially VR games. Because if it's in VR, it's got to be good or I won't play it. Right, exactly. Like, I'm it's got to be good. I'm not going to struggle through like I would with like a maybe with like a couch game. But like with VR, it's got to be good or I'm not going to play it. And a lot of what I'm reading is people are saying Saints and Sinners is the way to go. Over Arizona and, Sunshine 2? Yeah. Interesting. And, like, not not the new Saints and Sinners, the original one. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, I'm – and they, they did port that to VR2, so it is available. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, 40 or 50 bucks. Is it that big of a deal? Not really. But I might wait until I have some, like, PSN cash or something like yeah. that to, to do that. Well, so. I got a I got a VR game we're going to talk about later in the news section that just came out that maybe might might tickle that funny bone of yours. But I the one last thing about Resident Evil that they do so well, and then we got to get on with the show. But they you find yourself in really like they change the settings and environment so often in these games. They just like like. If you're like, you know, seven hours into a Resident Evil game and you stop, you're like, how the fuck did I end up here? Like, how? Like, you know, like I'm playing four, which starts in this old village. And then, like, out of nowhere, I'm in a fucking medieval castle. And I'm just like, 
how the fuck did I end up here? Like, somehow yeah. they sold it to me that it made sense that this is where I'm at. Like, you know, and then all of a sudden yeah. you're like in some fucking underground mine with mine carts riding them like a roller coaster. And it just all makes sense somehow. Like, they, they sell you the illusion of setting, like, and they, and like, I think Village did that really well too. It's just like, like you said, you start off, you're like in the, the fucking castle. And then you end up in a, like a house with all these dolls, but like by the end you're in a fucking foundry with machine animals and stuff. And it's just like you're driving a fucking tank, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" But it makes sense when you're playing the game. You're like, "Oh yeah, this I, I get it." <laughs> but like how yeah, every it's... Resident Evil game, they go from like, "Oh, they," it's, it's almost like they have like these cool ideas for settings, and then like some some director or somebody is like, "We got to find a way to bridge these, bridge this, and make it make sense to the player." And, like, sometimes it's as simple as just opening a big fucking gate and there's a huge castle. And it's like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I buy it. You know what I mean? Or, or, like, you take an elevator and all of a sudden you're, like, in some sort of weird cavernous area. But it, it's its own world. And it's, like, completely – so they jump settings so much. And I think that's what makes the pacing of the games feel so good. Is it, like, you're you're in these new places for, like, a short amount of time. But not so short that, like, you miss them when you leave. It's just, like – Oh, wow, that was really cool. It's a bunch of experiences. And I think that's why the game serves VR so well. I don't know, man. It's fucking rad. I'm glad it exists. Yeah, man. All right. Anyways, dude, um, let's move on to listener feedback. Uh, There is none, actually. So I just want to say, like, I've been posting these YouTube shorts for our show. Jake, like, I posted two where you were talking about the Pulse headset and another one you were talking about something else. And, uh... Between those two shorts, we had like four and a half thousand views, which is crazy because normally we don't get that kind of response. And uh, I, I posted the Warhammer thing not long prior to that, and there was some thousands of views. So our subscriber count is slowly ticking back up. So if you are a subscriber on YouTube, we thank you. And uh, if you want to communicate with us, you can leave comments on any of our videos and we'll talk about them on our show. And uh, we do prefer that you join our Patreon for a dollar a month and leave us comments there. But if you don't, it, it's fine. You know, we're just happy that you're here listening to our podcast and you're enjoying the conversation with us. Um, and the other thing is, if, you, if you've been a longtime subscriber and we're posting these shorts, if they're, like, just funneling into your feed, uh, I apologize. But, like, we got to do this to get our name out. So we're going to keep posting shorts. It seems to be the only way. YouTube sends me emails every week. Like, you really should post a short. You know, this is how you build your audience. And it's like, yeah, it's true. But, like, it seems so fucking lame. But uh, we got to do it that way. And uh, Jake and I have plenty of content to pull from. So we'll be posting shorts probably daily. Um Hoping to build that traction for 2024. Um, but getting into the news. Every episode we talk about news that has hit the uh, the PlayStation world. We don't break news. We merely just have conversations about it. We inject our own opinions and, uh, I don't know, uh, thoughts on these contact, on the on these uh, news points. I don't say contacts. I don't know why I said that. Um, on, these, on the content that we're going to cover. I think that's what I was going for. But uh, the first news point. Um, and most of these news points, in fact, all of these come way of uh, a website called Push Square, pushsquare.com. So if you want to look deeper into these articles and look at their comments, you can do that over there. But we're going to talk about <clears throat> these these news points. And uh, the first one, I think, is really uh, interesting and exciting for me. And uh, the new Prince of Persia game, The Lost Crown, came out. 
It's getting really good reviews. Uh, it's a Metroidvania for those who don't know. The art style is kind of kind of nice. It looks a little old at times, like dated. But um, watching this, I'm a big fan of Strider, the video game. I'm getting huge, absolutely enormous Strider vibes watching the gameplay with with I almost I almost keep saying Aladdin, but I, I mean fucking whoever the Prince of Persia is, whoever that guy is. It, rem- it reminds me of the Sega Genesis game Aladdin a little bit. Uh, the way he's like throwing his sword out, you know, and, and hitting people. Yeah. Um, and it also looks a lot like Strider. And if the gameplay is as good as what everybody's saying, this may be one that I end up giving a shot. Um, if you're interested in Strider, you don't know what it is. There's a really nice Strider remake. Strider's an old, old franchise, but it, it got a nice remake, uh, I think on PS3 or PS4, rather. It might have been a PS3 game that was, played on PS4. Was, I think it was really, really close. Really, it was like PS4, but it was like at launch. Did you ever play that game? Yeah, we got it on PS Plus. I played it for a bit. Ah, it's so good. I got some videos of me playing Strider on there. But this this game actually has a demo, The Lost Crown. The Prince of Persia game has a demo out. So I'm thinking about downloading it and giving it a try. And if I like it, I might buy this game. It is it uh Push Square I think gave this game an 8 out of 10 or something, something crazy like that. So nice. I it's people are really talking about this game. Jake, what, do you do you have any interest in this game? I mean, it, like if it's a platformer and it's fun, I'm sure I'll have interest in it. Yeah. I I didn't have interest in it I mean, honestly, initially, but just cuz I assumed it was just kind of be kind of mid, but if it's really good, I mean, I might consider playing it if I have some free time, but I don't know. It might be a while before I get to it. Open Critic, uh, play, uh, Prince of Persia has an 87 critic average and a 94%, oh, wow. 94% critic recommend. Um, I'll go through the quick news sites real quick. Uh, IGN gave it an 8 out of 10. Eurogamer gave it a 4 out of 5. PC Gamer is 72 out of 100. Games Radar, 4 out of 5. Easy Allies, 9 out of 10. Game Informer, 9.5 out of 10. GameSpot, 9 out of 10. Destructoid, 8.5 out of 10. So, like, just to throw some ideas, like, it's not just, like, one or two people are saying this game's all right. It really seems like it's going to be fucking awesome. So I got to download this demo and give it a shot. And I, I think our listeners should try to give it a shot too. If this is anywhere up your uh, or in your wheelhouse, I, just, I was just really impressed with what I've been seeing about this game. So it's out now. Um, I believe it's out now. But uh, nice. you guys should uh, check out that demo because I believe it's free on the PlayStation Network. Um, this next topic uh, affected me personally. Um, I say that almost like it was like a, a tragedy or something. It, it wasn't, but it, it you know is a new story that applied to me as a PlayStation gamer. Um, I'm not sure how many people actually utilize the PlayStation Loyalty Stars program, um, but a lot of people who had made purchases of games over the holiday, they had the, all those holiday sales, weren't actually rewarded on the PlayStation Stars program with their points for the mm-hmm. equivalent of the points they should have got for the money they spent. So as a result, um, you know, these points, when you get them, Jake, I've told you about this. You can get PSN store credit, which is fucking awesome. Right. And it adds up faster yeah. than you think. Like if you're a gamer like us, dude, you go check. Like I'm, I have enough in there, I think, for another 20 bucks or something, which is crazy. I don't buy a lot of games, but apparently I do. I mean, 
I can't imagine what some of the some of you gamers out there listening to the show like. If you guys play a lot of games, I'm sure you probably buy more games than I do, or Jake does. Like, make sure you sign up to this Stars loyalty program because their point system is is nice. You can trade those points in for PSN uh, voucher codes for store credit. Um. Anyways, uh, they weren't applying. Cr- uh, points to people who made purchases of the holidays. I got an email from yeah. PlayStation saying that there were points that I was not given. So, yeah, I saw that too. Oh, I really? Got the same email. Yeah. Interesting. So, I didn't I wouldn't have known had they not emailed me. You know what I mean? I don't fucking keep track of the shit. I just expect it to work in the background, but right. Um anyways, I guess uh just so you know, um check your PlayStation rewards points i'm gonna check mine real quick while i got you on the line i I have three thousand four hundred and twenty seven points um i don't know what that can give me uh i forget how to check how to use them do you you know how to even use them i've done it once Mm. Nah, i have no idea really point history overview there's a way to buy shit with your points i just wanted to see i'll tell you in one second um, mm-hmm. points eligible purchase, points eligible purchase, dude. I gotta. There's a way to do it. Hold on, give me one second, listeners. I'm sorry. I really want to see. Why would you ever cancel? Oh, rewards right here. Here we go. Um, five uh, for twenty dollars, you need five thousand points, and for uh. Five dollars, you need twelve fifty. So uh, I have enough for at least ten dollars, but I'm just gonna keep saving. Get that twenty dollar, dude. Get that twenty dollar banger. So you know, with all the games coming out in February, I have, I have five thousand five hundred fifty-seven points. That's twenty bucks, dude. Cash it in. Yeah, yeah. Do it up. Nice. Hell yeah. Very good. All right. So next news point. And I, I, I kind of want to talk about this. Uh, I do have a minor show topic that's going to inject itself. The title of our episode today is uh, "Are There Too Many Games?" But uh, there's a show topic, or there's a there's a news point that we, we'll get into a discussion. But before we do that, I want to talk about the Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. This game is going to be really divisive, I believe, and the only reason. I say that is uh, it's been getting a lot of mediocre, if not negative press and discussions online from content generators and, and uh, review websites and podcasts. And, and it seems like nobody really knows where the needle is going to fall on this game, whether it's going to be good or not. Um, as you guys know, when, when games come out and people get early builds, uh, the company usually make those people sign an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement, which means they're not permitted to actually talk about it. So, you know, this game, of course, is is being developed by Rocksteady. Um, it has not yet been released, but it was supposed to be released, I think, a while ago, and they pushed it out after the reaction to the the gameplay trailer that they showed, I think, at one of the conferences or something. It was mm-hmm. a state of play, maybe. But, um, you know, at Rocksteady, as an attempt to quell the, the negative tide on this game, they've lifted the NDA 
from anyone who had access and played the alpha version of the game. Um, so the studio gave like a nice closed off portion of a game to some people and they made them sign an NDA. They've, they've now lifted it. And I, I believe they've done this with hopes that people are going to start kind of like pushing back against the negative feedback that's that's circulating this game of the negative opinions and the, just the I feel like there's just like it's so much easier to be negative than positive about shit and uh this game isn't even out yet but people are just shitting on it online like this game's gonna suck look at it, it's just this you know it's that it's this whatever and as a reminder this is the last game uh that that fellow who passed away that did the voice um was it Batman's voice or Joker's voice uh, Batman. This is this is the last performance he has, and uh, so there's a little bit of that too. So it's like show a little bit of respect till the game comes out. I mean, this is the guy's last piece of work. Like, I don't know, but the game seems to be lining up for, like I said, a pretty divisive. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's going to divide a lot of us. I think. Um, because I'm seeing native opinions online, but then I'm also seeing some people that are like, actually, this looks right up my alley kind of thing, you know? So the the PR statement from Rocksteady, I'll read it real quick, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. It says, uh, back in November, we held a closed alpha test for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League where players agreed to a non-disclosure agreement and got a chance to check out an early section of the game. Now that there's more news out on the game and players are asking... We're no longer enforcing a portion of the NDA and we're allowing players to talk about their experience from the closed alpha test. We've heard the community requests and want to give players an opportunity to discuss what it's like to explore Metropolis as Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark. To the amazing players who tested the game, please feel free to talk and write about your gameplay experience. Keep in mind that all other terms of the NDA still apply. And players may not post imagery or videos from the closed alpha test. So this is interesting. This very seldom happens in the gaming world where an NDA gets lifted to quell what seemingly quell negative opinions of a game. So this says two things. It says that number one, Rockstar feel or Rocksteady, Jesus, feel really good about where this game's at and the alpha version that they let these people play. They feel good about the splice they gave enough to lift the NDA because, like, it could really backfire right now, right? They, they could really fucking backfire. The game hasn't come out yet. So yeah. this is a gamble on their part. Jake, what do you think about this? My guess is that they got enough of a positive reaction from the people that they let try it out mm-hmm. that they f- figure that this is worth the risk. mm because if, like, all these people played the game and they had all this negative feedback for Rocksteady, mm-hmm. why would Rocksteady have any incentive to let them talk about it? Right. It, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. But I, I I have a hard time believing this game is going to be bad. It's just not what people wanted out of a Rocksteady game. Mm. Like, they didn't want fucking, you know, Destiny, the Suicide Squad edition. They wanted a fucking... You know, single player story, narrative heavy fucking game. They wanted an Arkham game, but yeah, or or some something you know that evolved from that or whatever. So like, it is uh, curious. Well, I I'm curious to see how this will 
how this will play out. But I have a hard time <laughs> believing it's going to be a bad game. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine mediocre at worst, excellent at best, right? Like, they they believe enough in this game to lift an NDA. So, I mean... I mean, can we go a little easy on the speculation until it comes out? And and it's like, our, I, I kind of, dude, I feel like it's people have already chosen a side on this matter, on this game, without ever, like, no one's fucking, partly anyone's probably really played it. Like, I feel like people have already drawn a line and chosen a side. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't even know, like, when it comes out, if I'm going to be able to trust what I hear about it. Because I feel like some people are just dug in, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be like, oh, it's uh, it's it's not what they want, so they're gonna trash it. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. I mean, just uh, I, I'd advise everyone just you know proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought it was interesting for sure. Um. Another news point here, real quick, and dude, I forgot completely about this game, and then we'll get to. Uh, our little topic for the show, and then a couple more news points afterwards. But let's not forget about a game, Jake, that was shown a while back. And I think it was shown at a, at a PlayStation uh, showcase, I believe. Sandland. My voice just cracked a little bit. Sorry, we had we had practice today. You know, my voice is doing weird things. Um, Sandland, which is an adventure game with some interesting cel-shaded mm. stylistic approach. It's going to be launching sooner than originally anticipated. This game is going to drop in April, April 26th. It uh, this is a new release date and it's it's inspired and based on uh, according to Push Square a manga one shot which is like just kind of like a, a an abbreviated graphic novel um, by the guy who created Dragon Ball and uh, I was gonna say I thought I thought it was based on the art of the um, of the guy that did uh, Dragon Ball yeah and. Uh, Akira Toriyama is the guy's name. Yeah. He did Dragon Ball. He did uh, Dragon Quest. Okay, He yeah. likes dragons, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> he likes yeah. dragons. He's got a thing for dragons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's uh, that's cool, though. I think I think some people were a little bit excited for this. So yeah. that's neat to see. So I don't think we really saw much gameplay, but there is there is a trailer out now where it's a third-person, looks like third-person vehicular combat at times, like mechs and machines, and then... Uh, there's some vehicle battles and I, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if this game needed to be localized. I'd only imagine it did or like regionalized for the U S but dude, on that recent trailer that I just saw, like some of the voice acting, I think we've been spoiled lately because this just didn't quite hit me. Um, it seemed a little, a little meh. Uh, it was fine. It was serviceable, but it wasn't even so much the acting, maybe just like the recording quality of the vocals. Like it just seemed like it was sitting on top a little much. Like the mix maybe ruined it for me. Yeah, I don't know. So give it a listen, check it out. You tell us what you think. You can write into the show. But this game is kind of cool, man. And I I forgot all about it. So hopefully it's hopefully it's rad, dude. And it <laughs> I like the idea. I don't, I don't even know anything about Dragon Ball, but I love the idea. Just it almost has like a Mad Max feel. In like Dragon Ball World, um, right? Which is super cool, and and that's an underrated game. If you've never played the Mad Max game, that that game was fantastic. Um, moving on, this is the show topic. Real quick, uh, I didn't even tell Jake this was going to be the topic, but it'll the the conversation will come naturally, no doubt, as it always does. 
But there was an article on Push Square about a head honcho over at Nacon, which is the uh, the studio who made the RoboCop game recently. And they made a statement about there being just too many games. So Benoit Clerk was uh, noted as saying, quote, there are too many games currently on the market. And then there's an ellipses. And then he, and then he goes on to say, we're, we're seeing today the results of investment made after the pandemic when the market was nursing. And every game was making a lot of money, so there were a lot of investments being made. This is two or three years after that, so the games we're seeing now on the market were financed in that time, and there are simply too many for customers to be able to play them. And he does go on to indicate that sometimes, you know, even when you... Now, I'm not a PC gamer, and, (laughs) dude, I am really considering getting a Steam Deck, but, uh, well, that's in the conversation for later. Um, But he goes on to indicate that, like, sometimes when you log into Steam you get hit in the face with like 60 new games every day. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's higher level like numbers, but like that can happen. Um, And, uh, you know, so he kind of goes on to say it's really kind of tough to get any kind of traction for like indie developers or indie game makers or any kind of exposure. And uh, my question in the the topic, I want to kind of have a quick chat about it is, is too much of a good thing. There's too much of a good thing, a bad thing in this situation. You know, I can draw complete parallels with this, Jake, in the music industry with being an independent artist, man. Like, it's just oversaturation. Like, there's probably so much good shit out there that doesn't rise to the top just because people don't even fucking try. Like, you know, you could put out the best fucking game in the world, but not have all the pieces in place, not not get it to content creators, not get it to IGN, not get it to... Uh, you know, Destructoid, whomever the fuck are talking about games, PC game or whatever, you could make like a really rad game, put it out there, and like it come across like a banner for like maybe a hundred people that get on Steam that day, and like maybe two percent buy it, like two people buy your game, and they're like, wow, that was really fucking cool. And there's two comments, two ratings, and then it's just dead. No, you know, and no amount of you asking people to listen to your game or, or play your game or whatever is going to make them do it because the industry is so overwhelmed. So it, it, whose responsibility – I mean this is, this is tough. Like who how, – how do we get around this because we love games so much? And I think about it – I frame it in my mind in the frame of music. I love music so much. Like these, these things that we enjoy – and I get that it's a hobby and I get it – but it means something to somebody. It was somebody's job. Somebody – put a passion into something right like what do you how how as a consumer of this kind of media how are we to sort through the bullshit and find new stuff on our own because you know there's shit that doesn't come across on these review websites yeah i mean a lot of it boils down to the simple fact that the more accessible you make the creation of new games, the more shit is going to get lost. Basically, it's like the the easier it is to get a game to market, mm-hmm. the more time and place is going to make a difference into whether or not your shit is successful. Because think about music, right? It used to be 
that you couldn't record your own music. Right. Yeah. You had to go to a studio. You had to go through record labels. You had to, you know, now back in the day, it used to be a little bit easier to get your song on the radio before they were all kind of homogenized. But there was a barrier of entry. There was a barrier of entry to, to even getting your shit recorded. Right. Short of like literally using a fucking cassette player in like, you know, in your bedroom or something. Right. So you couldn't get a, a professionally a professional recording, a quality recording uh, without going to a studio and paying people to mix it and doing all that stuff. And so if you got to that point, you were much more likely to be successful if your shit was good because the market wasn't flooded because it was hard to get to that point. Right. But now everybody with $10 can buy an interface, record shit into their free DAW on their system. And upload it to iTunes for 40 bucks. Mix it, upload it to SoundCloud or iTunes or whatever. And now the thing is, how the fuck do you get your shit noticed? And it's like, okay, well – what do I do? I got to pay some distribution company thousands of dollars to push my shit to the or top, or pay for reviews. Or because a lot of these, a lot or, of the, dude, it's probably the same in the yeah, dude, or pay for reviews. It's got to be the same in the video game world. Like you have to have a publicist, you have to have a fucking marketing team, you have to have all this shit to get your shit noticed. And it's the same way with music. And I, I don't mean to just draw conclusions to music for those who aren't involved in the music scene or, or, or artists in that regard. But like, you're 100 percent right. This, this is. This is a blessing and a curse all wrapped up in one. And and I don't know. I have yet to figure it out with music. Now, I'm not saying my shit should be rising to the top. But, dude, it should definitely get more. We should be getting noticed more than we do, um, truthfully. Like, our, the music that we make. Um, but it's there's just so much shit out there. Dude, it's well, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and like I said... With the video games, mm-hmm. now literally anybody can download Unity and make a game and publish it. Right. Anybody can download Unreal Engine and make a game and publish it right. for free. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be so, good, right? Because back in the day, like, what, I think it, what, you're, yeah. what you're going with is, is like if, if you're a game developer and you have a fucking idea or you're a musician, you have an idea and you write a couple fucking songs, um, you're not going to go spend $3,000 at a studio to record that shit and then another like $2,000 to get it put the CD and then however much money it takes to get it, you know, out, unless you believe in your product enough that you think you can make that investment back. The problem mm-hmm. is, is that there's not really an investment anymore financially with any of this stuff. Um, and if there is, it's significantly lower. So you get a flooded marketplace and you get all this static. And it's like, just because somebody put something out, you haven't heard of it like a game doesn't mean that the game sucks. It just means that it's sitting there with probably 80% of other games you've never heard of that most likely suck. So like, and if, and if you're brand new to this shit, you probably don't have a marketing team because you can't afford one. So it's a blessing so that you don't need the money to get it out there, but it's also a curse because you're just, you're just in the same fucking pool as everybody else, talented or untalented. And then it's just up to the consumers to to stumble on your shit and like talk about it and enjoy it. And it's a big fucking gamble. So I don't know. Yeah, man. yeah. It's it's really it's really tough to wade through 
the noise anymore. And uh, like you can get, I think I, I think I heard or read somewhere that if you publish a game, you can get it on, like, have it be one of those games that pops up whenever you go to like the like the PlayStation Store yeah. icon on your PS5, and like you jump in there, you can put it. You can get it. You could pay to have it advertised on one of those like front facing pages, but it's like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For like, pro- I'm assuming probably like one day or something, or like maybe that. even a week. But like, dude, how many times have you even clicked on any of those as a consumer? Almost never. Exactly. I mean, the thing is, is that like it's got to have <laughs> exactly. But but for but for me, I mean, to be honest Same. with you, like for me to for me to give a shit about anything, it's already half. It already has to have some kind of hype behind it, right? So. Um, like very rarely do I pick up a game that I've never heard of before and give it a shot. Give it a shot. I mean, the 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 most recent example, like I've been talking about, is Proteus, and that's because it was three dollars and it looked fucking and you liked sick. it, and I loved it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that these games don't exist; they definitely do. It's a and shame. That's the thing that that's the thing that sucks about it is that I honestly feel like. A lot of this boils down to Sony – well, let's, if we're talking specifically about PlayStation, like Sony just policing the shit that gets on their platform a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like if they were to just make it so that the games that are on the store are of a significant – or of a Certain quality. sufficiently high quality – and you weren't like wading through like if I go to the indie section, I shouldn't be concerned that, you know, 50 percent of the games that I'm going to look at are trash. Right. Exactly. So and I'm not saying that that's the actual number or whatever. I'm just literally kind of. So you you're know, saying it's 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 Sony's responsibility to curate that for us. Yeah, I, I feel like it should be. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't they? Like, why wouldn't they want to? But I get it. Like, they get money for dev kits and stuff to get this mm-hmm. stuff on the store, and people have to pay to get it through certification and all this kind of junk. So it really doesn't make any difference to them other than them putting this game on a server somewhere or something. And they're still getting money like, because if you're listening to your shit on the PSN, Sony gets money for all of that. So, like, they're taking money. And so they're just they're just padding their 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 wallets by doing this by letting all the shit on. And I, I think they have gotten a little better, but like, dude, it it just goes back to, it, dude. I Jesus, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, there would be a lot of people not developing games if it were harder to get them on these platforms. And that doesn't mean that it should be harder. I'm just well, saying. Well, I mean, like, I think about that. That's why games only came out. Like, you only had decent releases like once a month. Yeah. Now it's like every every time we do one of these podcasts, there's like 15 fucking games that you read, and I literally don't care about any of them. It's interesting. Well, sometimes you care about some of them, but yeah, most well, so most sure. of I mean, them obviously. We don't. Yeah, right. But it's like it's it's to the point now where I just kind of zone out. Like I'm not looking up any of these games. Dude, you this know, is it's, this so it's is, unfortunate. Yeah, this is such a parallel with what I face being an independent artist, man. This is a hundred percent. This I can't imagine being an indie developer in this fucking climate, dude. Because trust me, I I understand what it's like to be a small fish in a very large 
large pond, if not an ocean, and just trying. Dude, it's hard enough. Dude, it's hard enough to make the thing, right? It's just hard enough to make the thing. And if you care about what you're doing, to make it quality. And you're so hard on yourself. These develop- Some of these developers are probably so good at what they do. And they're probably so fucking hard on themselves. And they sacrifice so much shit for their art. And then, like, it gets put up next to fucking um, basket- the game called Basketball, which is, like, black and white and it's just like go praise jesus when you turn it on and it's just like right next to that shit and it's just like because those games existed for a while sony took them down they were like advertisements for religion and like they had they had like it was really weird not that i'm saying that like you can't implement religion into video games but like they were clearly not video games but they cost yeah. they cost like a dollar 99 cents you buy it and then it's just garbage it was just like garbage and it wasn't a game. It's like that has no reason to be on this fucking platform. So like, I feel like I wish I, I wish they did like a like a. They need to have like a tryout system where it's like there's this other storefront that's like Ooh. these are all the fucking new indie games and everything like that. Like the only way you go direct to the big time. Is if you are a proven developer of video games. Right. If you're not, your shit gets put on the, the tryout store. The try yeah, we'll call it the minor leagues. Right. You get <laughs> your shit is in the minor leagues. And cause there there's always gonna be people that are like, I'm interested in what indie games is are. out right, there. Yeah. But like and then like the let's say once you reach a certain threshold then your shit gets bumped to the big time. Like I like I I honestly think that That's a good solution. And they sh- and they and to be honest with you Sony should promote those games on that storefront oh, as well. 100%. Not just yeah. not not literally just be like oh these are just shoveled to the the second rate store or whatever, mm. but they should make like they should give you some incentive. Like imagine if there was a PlayStation Stars type program, but it was like uh Try like you got points for trying new indie releases, right? Right, to encourage like gamers to try new shit and buy buy indie games that are on this minor league store, and then they should have like the top twenty top twenty on the minor league store. Here are the top twenty rated games in the minor, and we'll recycle these because there's so many. We'll recycle this fucking list every two weeks, so like you know, and then the, the top twenty get thrown onto the PSN. That'd be fucking dope, and the other ones still yeah, stay I- in the minor league section. Right, they still stay on that I, store. I, I, fucking genius. Yeah, I know, and I, I honestly <laughs> think the that, like, they, they don't want to do this because they're they don't want like the you know oh the bad PR. You're like fucking picking and choosing. Who yeah, fuck the yeah, they are. Visibility and stuff. But it's like the PSN is a private storefront. They don't owe these people anything. It like, would they, be, they should they should make it better. Dude, like, here's the thing. Make, yeah, here's the fucking thing. It would be a kindness to the consumers, right? You're not wasting our fucking time anymore. It would be a kindness to the developers because the writing's on the fucking wall. If your shit's not good, then get better, right? Like you got to be able to take like some fucking criticism. That's just that's just it. So like, if you never make it to the big leagues on your first game, it doesn't mean that you still can't sell it. But it's not going to make the PSN store or make the PSN minor store, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, but like, it's it's a kindness to everybody. And what that what that word is is honesty. No one wants to fucking buy a shitty game. I'm sorry. No one wants to buy a shitty game. 
So why are they yeah, every, all over the place for sale on the PSN? I don't everybody know. I, has I'm done. To, everybody has to learn, right? Yes. You know, like game developers have to learn. They have to get better. Um, but I get I, it. I get it's subjective. What's good and what's bad, dude. But dude, there should be like imagine. I'm sure these things exist. But like, if we were bigger and and this was like what we did full time, this know, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think it would be awesome to have a show that literally all it is indie game. is you find an indie game you've never heard of before and you – you that is good and you raise it up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, there, like I think there's a little bit of onus on the – let's say even the non-traditional media. But like the people – like the word of mouth kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? There's – it's too – Right now, it's too – it's so commercialized that it's like Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, fucking Madden, fucking Destiny, fucking you know, Uncharted. Apex blah, Legends, blah, 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 right, blah. yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever. And, uh, and it's like it's built – they've built this narrative, whether it was intentional or not, that a game has to be like this big $200 million project right, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be worth your time. And it's like, Set no, some sort I of mean, precedent. yeah. Like why not? Um, why not build a new narrative that says that like, yeah, that is a type of experience, but another type of experience is this thing over here and it's just as valid. Mm. So, uh, I know we kind of got off the topic of like too many games a little bit, but I think that like it kind of all bleeds into the fact that there needs to be more curation in the industry as a whole. And I think that music has done a better job at this because now we're starting to get these things like in uh, like in uh, like let's just say Apple Music and fucking Spotify and Amazon Music yeah. where like they'll do these playlists. Uh, shuffled playlist things where like you'll get – like dude, sometimes I'll get fed bands that I've never yeah. fucking heard Same. of. And, I, and I'll be like, whoa, like that, that track, that was awesome. And I'll look them up and hey, I might not be into everything that they do, but like I never would have fucking even looked at them right. if it wasn't for the fact that like this thing just is – like other things that I like, and so it got shuffled to me. And I know, like, Sony tries to do that because they're like, because you play, yeah. blah. And it's like, it's but it's always, always this, all this, it's always this garbage shit that, like, they're just trying to promote and all this stuff. And it's like, no, I want, like, I can imagine they could even do something really fucking crazy where it's like, uh, you know, imagine. If they had a platform, and th- I think that this would be a really cool idea, where it was like, you buy a game on there, and it's, let's say it's $70, mm-hmm. but for $80, you get the game that you want to buy and a mystery indie title. Now, you could choose what you want the genre of that indie title to be, <laughs> oh, but it's go. like... Think about like wouldn't that be cool? Like, dude, I do that every. I'd pay the extra ten bucks every fucking time because I think it'd be cool to be like, well, maybe I'll see something I've never fucking seen before. And you can obviously maybe maybe they could tailor it to be like, oh well, uh, uh, you you don't 
you wouldn't get something that you obviously already purchased or right, or right, right. That would be a way to curate um, it though, too. And not to interrupt, but I'm thought inject this and keep going. This would be a way where someone submitting their title who believes in their fucking title could pay a little extra, not twenty thousand dollars, but a little extra yeah. to get on this curated list, this this extra bonus game if someone chooses, you know what I mean, to pay the extra ten bucks. Um, I'll take a hit as a developer, you know, maybe I get four dollars of that or five dollars of that purchase. Yeah. But at least someone's going to get their hands on my game that otherwise would not have. I'll pay a little mm-hmm. extra with the hope that I'll get some of that back. That's a genius yeah. idea. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, not even, I'm sure all of these solutions have huge flaws that we don't know. But I will say that uh, something's got to be done. Something has to I mean, be done. Yes, hundred percent. Because like, like it's gotten to the point where I'm not, I'm not even looking at any of this. You and me both, dude. Like I, like I, I honestly, honestly, some weeks, honestly, some weeks when you read, when you read the, the new (laughs) games, I just get annoyed. Like I, like I don't even, (laughs) like why, like I'm like, why are we even reading this? Well, because they could be good, right? They could be. They could be. They could be. But there's 15 fucking games every week. How are they all good? Well, again, the honest is is on us to somehow tell people that these games came out. Because otherwise, no one would fucking know. I get that. But it's like, we should expect them to be good because they're on the PSN. Right, and we don't know right now because there's there's no way to to sift it through the, the strainer. There's no way to sift it. Yeah, I should be able to be like, okay, this game is on the PSN. It might not be for me. But I know it passes some quality. Bar. It's not going to be a pile of shit, right? Yeah, dude. I don't. Anyway, fuck, man. I don't. There are AAA games that suck, and and I'll just say this one one more little tidbit. Um, paying a ton of money to have a game made like a AAA studio, and it's got Unreal, the new latest Unreal Engine. It's got ray tracing, all that shit. You can put the prettiest veneer on a game, but if it's not fun. It's still a pile of shit. And I'll say the art can be great and, you know, the style can be great. The UI can be great. But if the game is not fun, then you've you've missed the mark. And the only thing that makes me think about that right now, and I think this is this is definitely a subjective uh, opinion bordering on fact, though, is I took time to watch. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. And it is exactly what I'm talking about. This this movie bites so hard off of other properties. It's pretty. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, all the cinematography, the, the colors, the environments, the amount of money that went into it. All great. The acting's even good. But the fucking story is so poorly written. They're like it's like oh this is Star Wars oh this is this is Warhammer oh this is this is uh, Inglorious Bastards oh this is it's all of these tropes that like anyone without a brain can just say oh let's make a movie where like a guy dressed in like it looks like Nazi uniforms 
uh, shows up on this planet that's being terraformed, and he acts like he's their friend, but then by the end of their uh, by the end of their conversation, like he's killing one of them, and he's putting the fear in everybody. Oh, and let's have like a robot that shows up that's like supposed to be like trained by the bad guys, but like somehow it's AI breaks and now it becomes good. It's like that's like fucking Wally or some shit. Like that's like I've seen all of this shit before everywhere, and like it's. It's this. The entire movie is this. There's even a bar scene. It's like the can- the cantina scene from Star Wars. A hundred percent, almost just like it. And then there's this freight trader that shows up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll join this. I'll join your group." And then he turns out to be a traitor. And it's just like, "Oh my god, this is so fucking like cringe worthy storytelling." Like, I watched it because I was like, it looked fucking like it was gonna be good. And I was just waiting, but it fucking sucked. Rebel Moon <laughs> sucks so bad. And it's just like, I don't know, dude. Like, Zack Snyder did it. He wrote it. He directed it. Clearly, he probably shot it, too. But, like, he's really good cinematographer. All of his movies look awesome. But this is the worst, the absolute worst movie with – I can't even imagine what the budget would have been. I don't know who the fuck pulled the wool over the the, uh, Netflix's eyes, dude. Like, it's, it's a travesty how bad it is. Like the story, it's just like, it's like let's assemble the gang. They have to get the gang together, and it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy for a little bit. And they get all the gang together, but like it shows you the scene. Like one guy has to ride like a dragon to get out of being a slave or something, and all of a sudden it's like Game of Thrones for like twenty minutes, and then it's just like the guy looks like the guy from Game of Thrones if you know what I'm talking about, the, the fucking chin thing. Hmm. And then and then like he doesn't have a speaking line the rest of the movie, but he joins the gang. And like all these people, they, they get all these people, and someone even has like lightsabers, dual dual lightsabers that they kill this this thing that looks like a, a a wyvern or something. It's like Dungeons and Dragons meets, you know. There's not one fucking original idea in Rebel Moon. Just so you know, end of rant. <laughs> yeah, I I saw I saw that movie, and I was like looking at when I was looking, I was like, oh, this actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like maybe they're trying to be you know, uh, whatever the next big space opera is or whatever, like a, like an evolution of star Wars or a spiritual successor or whatever. And I'm like, I have no problem with, with that being a thing. But, but then I saw like, Oh, it's actually not good. It's so, and I was just kind of bummed out because it looks awesome. That's what I'm saying. So it doesn't matter how much money you throw it at, 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 at a, uh, at your art. Right? Doesn't matter. It can be as polished as a fucking turd turned to a diamond. It's still a fucking turd. Like I don't care. Like it's it's still a turd. Yeah. And it's just like make it look as pretty as you want. Make it sound as awesome as possible as far as the quality. Make it you know. But if the content isn't there and it's not good, it's never going to be good. So there are AAA developers that are just fucking shitting the bed too right now. You know what I mean? Just putting out garbage. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a lot of good shit too. I don't mean to be so negative. There's a lot of good fucking games out there, but we need to sift through the bullshit. All right. Next news point. Sorry for that big freaking discussion. I hope the listeners enjoyed that. Um, the uh, You were talking about VR2 games, Jake, and looking for something. Doesn't look like we're ever getting Half-Life Alex. But there is a new VR2 game called Vertigo 2. And according to Push Square, it shares a lot of quote-unquote DNA with Half-Life. And they gave it a 9 out of 10. 
for PSVR 2, and it just dropped. So this might be really? one you need to look at. Um, I got to look at it. I did see there was a game called Vertigo, but I didn't... Uh, this is Vertigo 2, yeah. Fuck with it at all. I'm just kind of scrubbing through some, some gameplay. It looks kind of interesting. So maybe there's some shit there for us. But anyways, listeners, there you go. It looks good. I don't know anything about it. Hmm. Next news point. Uh, cruising through the show. When are we going to get the next uh, state of play from Sony? When's it happen? What do we see, Jake? It, there, there's rumors it's going to happen the next couple of weeks. It could happen this week. It could happen next week. Are they going to show off uh, Pacific Drive? Are they going to show off... What's the other big game coming out in February? I'm thinking of... Well, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah, right. There's Persona. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of what else there is. We might get a Stellar there's Blade. A, there's uh, so much shit. Might get a Stellar there's, Blade there's release date. Banishers. Yeah, ban- oh, Stellar, Banishers. Stellar Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think... Uh, are you asking me? No, I mean, I mean, you don't know. I mean, you don't know. But like, if you had to take a guess, when when would it be the next state of play? What what it, we're recording this on? Uh, I think today's the thirteenth. Today's the fourteenth. Um, My watch is off by a day. It's the fourteenth. So January. I I would hope it happens soon, but I guess we don't know, right? I mean, it, it, we all we've been thinking like, oh, they got to do another state, another showcase. Yeah. For like fucking six months they did one in june or whenever that was and we're like oh they're gonna do another one in the fall they never did it so who knows man i I, i'm guessing they're just gonna drop these games just randomly one day i don't i don't know it's we haven't heard hardly anything at all over the last year and a half from them so i'd be pleasantly surprised if they did one soon in the next couple weeks that'd be great but i would imagine that we're gonna see something at least before summer We'd have we have to almost. I think we especially yeah. like cause some of those games, some of those games that are on the that are on like the 2024 launch window video from Sony. We don't know anything about. So it's like you know you're talking <laughs> about uh, Concord yeah, and, nothing. and fucking Stellar Blade and, and I mean we know stuff about Stellar Blade. We don't have a release date yet for it. Uh, so it's like Rise of the Ronin is probably going to get a trailer too. Here, so some more shit on that. Well, that's the thing is that what are they going to show us if we have a state of play in the next week or so? It's probably going to be a, a, a fucking a blowout on like Rise of the Ronin or something. It's not going to be like they won't do they won't do coming. that because it goes you know to I mean? Tsushima. They won't give Rise of the Ronin that much attention. It'll be I don't know. Dude, they're if, if they're paying for exclusivity, they're going to want to market it. Yeah, you're right. So will it will it have as much of a blowout? I, I doubt it. They typically reserve that for their third party games, but they or first party games, but they did it for Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm. Mm. So it's like you know, maybe maybe they'll do where they'll like we'll have ten minutes of just random shit and then like ten minutes of a blowout for whatever game, Stellar Blade or or uh something something we know more about, like Rise of the Ronin. I I don't know. Right. But I uh, we'll just have to see. Cause I I'm hoping that we see more, but Sony has kind of trained me at this point to just assume that they're not going to show us anything or anything that I care about until it fucking shows up on my doorstep. So I don't know. 
But it would be exciting if we did see something, even if it was a blowout on Rise of the Ronin or Stellar Blade or something. I think that would be – it would be good to hear something from them. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. We'll, we'll, time will tell. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's coming soon. If if you want my personal opinion, I think I think we're gonna get some shit very soon from them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened this week, and uh, you can take Ooh. take that to the bank. Um, if not this weekend, so that's my prediction. Let's move on to the next and uh, final news point for today's show, and this caused a lot of controversy. And rightfully so, really. At first I saw the news point and I was like, ah, fucking just shut up, gamers. You know what I mean? It's like, I was like, ah, it's fucking privileged to game. You know, it's not, you're not owed this. And then like, I saw, I read the article and I was like, holy shit. So uh, there's a thing about Final Fantasy packs coming to Apex Legends. So like, they were implementing um, different materia things and whatnot for characters, for Cloud specifically, I believe. And... There are like 36 of these packs that you could buy individually. Each one, Jake, cost about $10. So $360. And you only get the one-winged angel death box, which is the Final Fantasy uber awesome thing for Apex Legends, when you have all of the other 36 boxes. So $360 to get this. And uh, gamers like, what? So fucking crazy. Yeah, and then gamers were like, outcrying about like this is fucking ridiculous so they did lower the cost after this outburst but not very much uh the first 15 boxes are one dollar and the other 15 plus boxes are still a ten dollar price point so you're looking at like two hundred dollars still to get the one winged angel death box and it's like god damn like what the fuck like you couldn't have just found a happy medium and just been like Twenty dollars for the one wing death angel. I wonder, like, if they had to buy like the i like get the license. To, surely they did for like Final Fantasy, and they're probably just getting charged an arm and a fucking leg. And they they like realize they probably shouldn't have done this because now they owe a ton of money. They're trying to make their money back, but like this isn't how you do it. You do it over time. You don't do it like you know. Let's get two hundred people to buy this thing for three hundred dollars a piece or whatever. It's just make it affordable and just let it run its course. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, for me, it's just like, in my opinion, I don't fucking care. If they want to charge $360 for this shit, that's fine. I mean, people aren't going to buy it and it's not going to sell and they'll learn their lesson that way. But it's like, yeah. This is just one of those kind of like, Who's going to buy all this? I mean, yeah, there are whales that might do this type of thing. But, like, $360 for some digital fucking whatever? It's like, uh, I don't know, man. Honestly, like, you know what would be awesome? Is if they had the balls to literally just be, like, all the packs with the special set, $300. Put it on the store. Like, rather than being like, oh, you got to buy all the individual packs, and then you fucking, if you do all that, then you unlock this other thing. Just be like, no, if you want this, the the awesome fucking shit with the big, you know, wing or whatever the fuck happens whenever you get all of them, it's like, <laughs> give us $300, and you can have it, 
and you can, you know, flex on all your friends that you wasted fucking three hundred dollars. Or even just say like, oh, you could buy. Even if they're like, oh, it's two hundred bucks. Like, I just literally want them to say like, if they're gonna force you to have all of these things to unlock this pack, they would do themselves a favor to just be like two hundred fifty dollars, and you get everything in this in the special pack. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I like I wish. I think the problem the gamers have with it is not that it costs all this money. It's that they're like, oh, one pack is only $10. But then they're like, you can get oh, this shit. special thing if you have all right. the packs. But then they're, they don't turn around and say like, oh, it's fucking 300 and some dollars. Right. So it's like, they'd be like, I think gamers would be less pissed off if they were just like $200 and you get everything. Or you can pick and choose which ones you want for ten bucks a piece. Like I, I feel like gamers wouldn't really have a problem with that. Now some would because everybody they're all whiny bitches, right? But, but I don't know, man. I think I think it's honestly, it seems predatory for them to do it in this fashion. Yeah. But if they were to just come out and be like, "Here's a bulk price for everything, and it's cheaper." I don't think people would give that much of a shit about it. They wouldn't buy it, probably, but they wouldn't get. Up, oh, you're cutting out a little bit. Are you still there, Jake? I'm here. All right, sorry. I cut that last little line that you had. That's all right. All right. Um, enough. I just honestly, if people are going to spend the money, they're going to spend the money, but. It is what it is. I just think that they should have been more transparent about it and maybe given them a bulk rate at the beginning. And it would have been it. Yeah, apparently they didn't foresee an issue. That's that's part of the problem. They didn't they didn't foresee this even being remotely an issue charging that much. I, th- I don't think it. I don't think it would have been an issue if they didn't have this. Pa- um, dude, you are cutting out. I cannot hear you. I don't know what's going on. Hello. We've we've lost Jacob. I don't know if it's my connection or what's going on here. Uh I don't have Jake. And uh he is There he is. Are you there? Yeah. Dude, you cut out for a long time. How about let's just get to the new games? We're having audio and video trouble. Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, I'm so sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, sorry. We had a, we had a we had a storm on Friday, mm-hmm. and we had a bunch of like trees fall on power lines and shit out here. Yeah. And I think uh, I think the cable line is fucked up because because we've had our internet's been spotty for the past. couple Yeah, of days. you told you told me like that earlier in the show about downloading that game. It took you like. 12 yeah. hours or some shit. It's not a big deal, dude. All right. Well, very good. Very good. Let's keep this thing rolling. Every show we talk about the new games, and you heard us talk about earlier how this seems like uh, almost a waste of time, but I still think it's important to talk about. So we don't even really talk about it. We just talk about some of the games releasing. So January 16th, Toy Trains on PSVR 2. I talked about that game last episode or an episode or two. That actually looks kind of nice. Um, January 18th, 
Bonson Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Uh, we're also getting Bulletstorm VR for PSVR 2. We're getting Prince of Persia. Oh, that game's not out yet? I thought it was out. My mistake, guys. Uh, Prince of Persia The Lost Crown comes out on January 18th. But that just means that the demo is out now and you can give it a try before the game comes out, which is how it should be. Uh, January 18th, The Cub is coming out. And uh, we got a few more. January 19th, uh, just one more. The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered is dropping on the 19th. Still don't know about this buy. I, I like the buy-up path, uh, you know, the the whatever they call it. Um, but I I don't know that I'm going to get it right off right off the right off the jump here but we'll see we'll see jake anything on that you good uh obviously i'm interested in prince of persia now because of the you said the reviews were pretty good on it but i'm also interested in uh bullet storm vr because that game is fucking awesome and i imagine it's probably pretty fun in vr so i'm kind of curious about that for sure yeah yeah, well, we'll, we'll uh, maybe have some new games to talk about next week. We'll see. I, hopefully, I'll wrap up Resident Evil 4 in VR and uh, be inching closer to the end of Final Fantasy 16. And then after that, uh, I am going to play The Devil Inside, or The Devil in Me, rather. I think it's The Devil in Me, the Dark Pictures anthology that I picked up on sale. I think it's The Devil in Me. The Devil Inside looked awesome, but I don't think that that game, uh, no one knows what happened to that game. Uh, it looked cool. All right, Jake, that's all I have for today's episode. And again, I want to thank the listeners for taking this journey with us. Really appreciate you guys listening each and every week. And we do release these podcasts early to patrons of our show. You can go do that at patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. For $1 a month, you'll get early access to the show. Uh, usually on Monday, they air for everybody else Wednesdays on YouTube and your preferred streaming platform. So, that being said, Jake, do you have anything you'd like to say before we wrap things up? No, it's fucking freezing in this. I bet this room that I'm sitting in is probably 50 degrees. That's insane. Because the wind is crazy right now, and it's cold out, and it's just blowing right through my house. (laughs) And the room that I'm in is, like, on the windy side of the house. Mm. So, uh, I... My fucking toes are freezing, so yeah, yeah. I'm glad that we're done. Hey, let me let me put <laughs> yeah, let me put one more quick thing out here for the listeners. If you, I I want to do this, and we just don't do it every episode. And uh, if you are a musician and you have music that you play and you record and you take yourself somewhat seriously, and you would like us to put one of your songs on the end of our show, um, you know we're not we're not going to uh, give you money for it or anything, and you won't get any kind of royalties or anything, but. Um, if you want a little extra promotion, I would be happy to put a song of yours on the end of the show. We used to do this all the time, and then it just became became kind of like a burden. We were putting a ton of shit on every episode. You know what I mean? Where it's just like I was just trying to like get people to give us songs, but the 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 offer is still there for anyone interested. And I don't like to flood the podcast with just our music. So if you do play music and you want to put some, yeah, on, and Again, it can't be absolute trash. So, you know, talking about curation, we're not going to just force feed grindcore that recorded on a boombox 
to our listeners for two minutes or 25 seconds, however long your song would be. As long as it's recorded well and, and you take yourself somewhat seriously and, and you make music, I'd be happy to put it on on the show at the end for the listeners to listen to something as we tune out. So um, that being said, that's it. That's all we got. So like Tekken 7, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and The Last of Us. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.